This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. All right, guys, today's podcast is about the single most important movie that you will see all year. And I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. I mean it. The movie Unplanned is the most important movie that you will see this year. So for some of you guys that don't know that movie or you're not familiar with the movie, let me go ahead and kind of give you the description of it because it just came out yesterday. So if you're listening to this on time, it came out on Friday, March the 29th of 2019. So the description of this movie, I'll just read it just straight from their website just so I can kind of give that to you and then I'll add a little bit to it afterwards. So here we go. Unplanned is the inspiring true story of one woman's journey of transformation. All Abby Johnson ever wanted to do was help women. As one of the youngest Planned Parenthood clinic directors in the nation, she was involved in upwards of 22,000 abortions and counseled countless women about their reproductive choices. Her passion surrounding the woman's right to choose even led her to become a spokesperson for Planned Parenthood, fighting to enact legislation for the cause she so deeply believed in. Until the day she saw something that changed everything leading Abby Johnson to join her former enemies at 40 Days for Life and become one of the most ardent pro-life speakers in America. So guys, this movie is based off of a true story of the story of Abby Johnson, obviously, as we just said, and it's taken a lot of the details from a 2011 book that was released by Abby Johnson about her experience working with Planned Parenthood, how she got into Planned Parenthood, and subsequently how she got out of doing that. So um, before we get too far into this, as you can imagine, this movie has experienced some pre-sabotage, right? Because this this is a movie that takes on a very, very uh, controversial subject and probably one of the most polarizing subject matters that we have as Americans. Okay, so But there were several things that have happened to this film before its release, when it was released in theaters across the nation yesterday, to basically try and sabotage it, to try and stop it, um, and not the least of which was the fact that it was hard for them to find a distribution deal. But let's get into a couple of things. The very first thing is that this movie received an R rating. Okay, So this movie was released by a studio called uh, Pure Flix. It's a faith-based movie studio. Uh, it's the same studio that did like God is Not Dead, part one and two, and, and that whole thing. It's the first R rating that any movie from Pure Flix has done. Again, because this is a Christian movie studio, right? And so getting an R rating, this isn't exactly like when Mel Gibson did Passion of the Christ. Um, it, it really caught most people that were familiar with this movie, certainly the people that made it, by surprise. And so the Motion Picture Association of America, that's the MPAA that's on there whenever you see a rating of a movie before it comes on. They gave it an R rating for, quote, some disturbing, bloody images, unquote. Essentially, they gave it this R rating because of two scenes, and uh, we're going to talk about those scenes a little bit later, but still, even after you've seen the movie, this shouldn't have warranted an R rating. Uh, But as most of you know, some of you are are so far beyond the age of 18, you don't even think about this anymore, but an R rating means that you can't go see this movie if you're under the age of 18 unless you have a parent or guardian with you, right? Remember whenever you wanted to go see that movie that everybody was seeing and you were like 13 years old and you had to go get your older brother or get your mom or dad to show up or something like that? That's essentially what this means. But what I'm about to list for you are the states in the United States where you can be under the age of 18 and get an abortion without the consent of at least one parent or guardian or in a state where a judge can excuse you from getting that requirement altogether. So let me go ahead and list them. Arizona, Colorado, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, 
Idaho, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, New Hampshire, North Carolina, North, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Virginia, West Virginia, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. And if you're wondering why I didn't list your state, let me go ahead and give you the list of states where you need no requirement. There is no requirement whatsoever for consent or any involvement of the parents of a minor that is seeking an abortion. Those states would be Alaska, California, Connecticut, the District of Columbia, Hawaii, Maine, Nevada, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, Oregon, Vermont, and Washington. So in all 50 states, a judge, except for the ones that I just listed, a judge basically can allow a minor to not get the consent of their parents if it so warrants. But in those that I just listed, you can murder your baby, right? Without the, the your parents even having to know. You can walk into a Planned Parenthood at the age of 15, get an abortion as long as you can pay for it. But if you wanted to go see this movie unplanned in those states, you would not be able to do it. If you walked up to the window by yourself, if you had the money to, to pay for it, they would ask you for your ID. Think about that. Think about the seared consciousness in the lawmakers of those states to allow something like that to happen. You can't buy a drink at a bar. You can't buy a, you know an album with an explicit lyrics content sticker on it. And you also can't go see an R-rated movie. But you can kill your baby. We're so woke, y'all. I'm so glad we're so progressive. But moving on and some of the other uh, pre-sabotage that we have um, with this movie, specifically, it was very, very difficult getting this movie advertised on television, okay? Because of the subject matter and because of, of the, what most people in most media companies, the way that they lean, they were not allowing this movie to advertise. Think And just think about it this way. They weren't taking their money. Because that's what television is. It's all about the commercials. You, you know, you know the things that you click through as fast as possible when you're DVRing a, a movie or a show or something like that. The stuff you try to skip over. That's all money right there. You're basically skipping over money. So as of what we know right now, Lifetime, the Travel Channel, the Cooking Channel, HGTV, Food Network, the Hallmark Channel, and USA Networks all declined to do any ads or run any ads for this film. The only two that I could find of any substance that were running ads and were allowing them to purchase ads were Fox News and the Christian Broadcast Network. Those are the only two that accepted ads. So it was difficult for them to kind of get the word out there. Um, There's also uh, some evidence to suggest that uh, they were tamped down advertisements and kind of shadow banned whenever they would try to advertise on social media platforms. I know over at Live Action, that's a a pro-life group that we here at Undaunted Life support. Uh, Live Action has had a lot of their ads uh, basically run silent or basically they will take the money for the ads, but then the ads will be shadow banned. Um, Today, actually, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was today. I'm recording this on Saturday, the 30th of March. The Twitter account for the unplanned movie was suspended For what? We can't really know, right? But it was suspended on the weekend of the movie's release, the most important weekend for marketing, right? And this movie, you know, basically you couldn't find it anywhere on Twitter. No ads, no nothing. Now, apparently a bunch of people tweeted at Twitter and at Jack, the guy, uh, Jack Dorsey, who runs Twitter and all that. They basically tweeted at them. Oh, and it was, oh, oh, we're so sorry. And then they reinstated the account afterwards. 
but it was just very, very interesting on the timing. But the, the reason that they're doing that is because obviously if this movie has a bad first weekend, it will be out of theaters by next weekend, right? So, but look at what happened last time. Remember the movie Gosnell that we talked about back? I, I can't remember what episode. I think it was in the forties, but we talked about the movie Gosnell. Gosnell was number 11. I think it was just right outside. It was a few thousand bucks from being outside of the top 10 in that weekend for movies in theaters. And then it was dropped from hundreds of theaters for the second week, right? I mean, these theaters could not wait to get this movie out of there. And it wasn't because they weren't making money, not selling popcorn and soda. It wasn't because of that. But there's been a lot that's kind of happened with this movie that has gone into a a pre-sabotage of it. But here it is. It's in the theaters. Hopefully it's going to be in theaters for a while so that a lot of people can go out and see it. So let's go ahead and talk about the movie. So I went and saw the movie this morning. I'm recording this just a couple hours after I left watching the film. The film was well done. I mean, uh, it was, it had some of the to be expected bad acting at times that, that comes along with some of these faith-based films. Uh, there's not going to be a single actor or actress in there that you're really going to recognize, but overall it was good. I mean, it's not going to win any awards, obviously for, for, for multiple reasons, but even if it was a neutral observer, it's not going to win any crazy awards. But this film, I don't want to give away too much of it because obviously I'm going to pretty much demand that everybody listening to this go out and see it, or by the time you listen to this, go out and buy it. There were two key scenes in this movie that I think sets it apart. And um, they were they were gruesome, they were graphic, and highly appropriate, in my opinion. Um, in the first five minutes, I'll talk about the first scene. In the first five minutes of the film... Uh, we see a scene uh, depicting a suction aspiration abortion. Okay. So the main character of the film, Abby Johnson, uh, she is the lead of a clinic. She had been working at this clinic for eight years, but had never actually been a part of an abortion. But the uh, young nurse walks in and says, hey, we need some help in the back room. Are you available? So she's like, sure. She goes back there. Basically, the abortion doctor just immediately gets her in on the procedure. And this woman, Abby Johnson, sees what's going on on the ultrasound. She can see the baby moving. She can see the baby's heart beating, all those different things. Uh, The woman that is getting this abortion is in a tremendous amount of distress and discomfort. Uh, You can see at different points, she's actually trying to get up. She's, She's like trying to maybe stop this from happening. But then the abortion doctor, which interestingly enough, it is an actual abortion doctor that is in this, a former abortion doctor rather, that is in this film. He's now a pro-life advocate only after killing tens of thousands of people, but he is actually the doctor in this film that is depicted doing the suction aspiration abortion. Um, He's basically sticking a tube. If you forget what suction aspiration abortion is, I describe it in detail in episode six of this podcast, but you're sticking a suction tube up the woman's um, vagina and into the womb and you're sucking the baby out, right? So at that point, the baby is fairly pliable. So you're sucking a leg off and then you're kind of sucking the other leg off. You're sucking out part of the abdomen. You eventually suck out the head. So it's basically a suction tube that sucks the baby out and liquefies it essentially is what it is. And in the first scene of that movie, the first main scene of that movie, that's what we see. And it is about what you would expect. And so I don't remember the last time I had a tear roll down my cheek uh, in the first five minutes of a movie, but I'm man enough to admit I meet the anger uh, and the overwhelming emotion of that moment and really the surprise of them not uh, sanitizing it at all was was absolutely overwhelming. 
But that scene was only outdone uh, by a scene about maybe 20, 25 minutes later into the film. And in this scene, uh, the main character, Abby, she was having her second abortion. So she had uh, two abortions because she was impregnated by the same guy twice. It was her first husband. He was a deadbeat, whatever, whatever. So the first time, apparently, it was a suction aspiration abortion. But the second one, they had advanced so much that they could do a chemically induced abortion. So basically a chemically induced abortion. They give you pills to take and then you go home and you basically quote unquote pass the pregnancy, right? In other words, the baby is poisoned and then expelled from your body violently. So there is a scene and it is probably the most powerful scene that I have seen in a movie in my entire life. And yes, I've seen all the same movies that you have. So your, your gladiators, your brave hearts, your, you know, whatever movie that you can think of with these incredibly long lasting, uh, memory scenes that just stick in your brain. I've seen all those too. This is the one that as of right now takes cake because we're watching the main character of this film, essentially going through a chemically induced abortion alone at her house and in her bathroom. And it is gruesome because it is gruesome. And to be honest with you, it, it absolutely floored me. It, it, it like froze me. I mean, my, the level of attention, uh, the level of detail, um, how graphic it was. Um, because at that point you're not really worried about being tasteful because there is a baby that is basically being pushed out of the woman's vagina in pieces, uh, because it's been chemically killed. Right. Those two scenes were the, were the two scenes that made this, right? Made this an R-rated film, but it's nothing that you haven't even seen. I've seen bloodier things on television, right? It's just the fact that the blood was coming from a baby and most of the people probably at the Motion Picture Association of America uh, are pro-choice uh, individuals. They just didn't want very many people to see this. Because could you imagine what this would do if you're 13 or 14 or 15 or 16 year olds saw this? The ones that are being indoctrinated in the public school system by these people that are telling them that this is health care, that this is a woman's right to choose, that how dare we take the right to do something like this away from people? Can you imagine what it would look like if those individuals were able to see a scene like that and understand the true reality of the horror of this procedure? Wouldn't that change their minds even at an early age? Damn right it would. And, and to be honest with you guys, I've never been this angry and upset during and frankly, after a movie experience in my entire life, like the, the entire time I'm watching this film with, with each subsequent scene that's depicting these, these horrific things, the, the level of anger and sadness, uh, it was overwhelming like at multiple occasions. Again, I'm not a terribly emotional guy when, when it comes to, you know, crying and, and expressing emotion in that way. I think I cried four or five times during this film, not like Ooh, sitting there boohooing, but just tears rolling down my cheeks because of the sadness and the anger that I felt knowing that those things happen every single day to thousands and thousands of children just here in the United States and the tens of thousands that ha this happens to around the world. It's absolutely heartbreaking. It's absolutely maddening. And again, the, the amount of emotion you'll get from watching a movie like this is overwhelming. And I feel like it should be. 
And we'll get into more of that here in just a second. So I don't want to describe too much more of the film because I do want you to go see it yourself. But let's talk a little bit about the critical reception of this film. So as you would have expected for a film about this subject, the the critical reception from the actual critics has been overwhelmingly negative because this is an incredibly polarizing subject. So uh, a few quotes that I found. uh, The Guardian, uh, they called it a quote, a dim-witted Christian drama based on the anti-choice activist Abby Johnson's memoir. So again, she's anti-choice, right? That's that's who she is, even though she used to work there and she had two abortions. She should be a hero, right? Then we have Variety Magazine. Uh, they said that the movie tells Johnson's story in a, quote, flat didactic style of an ideological Sunday school lesson. Ooh, fancy. And does a skillful job of using religious piety to conceal its underlying political agenda unquote. Yeah, yeah. They made this because of a political agenda. I doubt that they did anything with this film because they cared about, you know, kids being ripped to, ripped to pieces. It's all about politics. Thank you, Variety Magazine, for that. Uh, and Variety Magazine didn't just stop there. They claimed that this film, uh, the agenda, was mobilizing, this is a quote here, mobilizing those on the pro-life side to come out and vote for politicians who will step up the legal assault on abortion rights. And basically, abortion laws already are being eaten away at the state legislatures by conservative judges, and this is just the film that's going to keep that stuff going, right? Variety Magazine, thank you for uh, participating. Thank you for playing. And then we have Planned Parenthood. You know, the main subject of this film, uh, the satanic people inside of Planned Parenthood, they got their PR firm in on this. So this is their statement, quote, the movie promotes many falsehoods, including most importantly, distortions and incorrect depictions about healthcare. And ding, 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 there's our word, healthcare. This is about healthcare, remember? If, if you're out there and you're a pro-choice dope or you're surrounded by pro-choice dopes on a regular basis, don't you and all those other people use the word health care a lot? This is just health care. I've had people tell me before, look, abortion is not murder. It's just a medical procedure. It's just a medical procedure. Come on now. So if your surgeon slits your throat and bleeds you dry, he's a surgeon. It's just a medical procedure, isn't it? absolutely outstanding. Planned Parenthood doing yeoman's work out there. And then you got Rotten Tomatoes. So here's the thing with Rotten Tomatoes. Pretty much I don't watch a movie unless I go to Rotten Tomatoes and see that the non-critics, because you got the critics side and then you have the non-critics side. Unless the non-critics side has it at an 80% or above, I'm probably not going to waste my time with that movie because I don't get to watch movies very often, maybe one or two a month, right? As of right now, as the recording of this podcast, On the critics' side, it is a certified rotten film. It is 50%, and I think it has to be above 70% for it to be a certified fresh in Rotten Tomatoes language. So it's 50% on the critics' side, thumbs up pretty much, right? It's 91% thumbs up on the non-critic side. How interesting. It's almost as if the people that are critiquing films are maybe bringing in some of their personal bias and animus towards a movie of this kind, right? Because again, this isn't an Academy Award nominated type film. It's not terribly well acted. There are issues with the film, but it is what it is. I think the budget of the film was like six or seven million dollars. I mean, Dumbo, a movie that I think came out this weekend as well. It's going to bomb, by the way, but it had like a hundred and seventy million dollar budget. A hundred and seventy. This one had seven, right? But again, this just kind of gives you the wide gap. The people who actually saw the film, they they got on there and yes, said, yeah, this is an incredibly important film. 
Now, I think it's important here, since on this podcast, we obviously talk about abortion quite a bit. And if you're tired of it, suck it. I'm not going to give you any refuge from that. All right. It's basically what we're going to be doing. So if you don't like it, find you another podcast, but we're going to go ahead and compare and contrast um, the movie Gosnell and the movie Unplanned just very quickly, because there were some definable differences in these movies, because there are two movies that had a lot of faith-based elements. Um, the Gosnell movie did have a little bit of a, it was it was a kind of a crowdsourced movie. Um, it had kind of a longer runway uh, than this one did. Uh, but the first thing is, I'll just kind of compare and con- contrast my participation in the movie. So obviously, if you go back to the Gosnell episode, we talk about how I had gotten an advanced uh, screening ticket to go see this movie so that I could release a podcast the week that it came out. Uh, obviously talked about that importance and my friends that were able to hook that up for me. Uh, whereas this unplanned movie, I, I didn't really have a whole lot of involvement with it. Uh, I didn't really hear about it until a few months ago. Um, then, you know, probably not surprisingly, it didn't really show up a lot on my on my news feed on, on Instagram or on Twitter or something like that. And so it kind of caught me off guard that it was even coming out this weekend. I, I'm sorry to say. But uh, basically, that was a little bit of a difference there. I knew Gosnell was coming. I was ready for it. Boom, boom. And unplanned. I'm literally scrolling through social media Friday night last night. And I'm like, oh, crap. I need to go see this movie like tomorrow. So I went and saw it at the first showing on Saturday today. Um, The second thing I want to compare and contrast is the pre-sabotage, which it was essentially the same for both movies with Gosnell and with unplanned. It was incredibly difficult for them to get ads out. It was incredibly difficult for them to get news spots on things that weren't, you know, more conservative, right-leaning Christian uh, type organizations. It was a little hard for them to do that. But now let's compare and contrast the brutality of each film. So if you remember, if you go back to the podcast I did on Gosnell, I talked to one of the producers. There were two main producers of that film. And after I viewed the film, I went and talked to him and I was like, hey, is there anything that you want me to share with my audience about the film? And the number one thing that he stressed to me at the time was to, hey, stress to your audience that this is not a graphic film, which I was a little disappointed by, to be honest. Um, I, I kind of wanted the film to be a little bit more graphic because there were a lot of things in it that were like, oh, that's gross, or I can't believe that happened. But it did kind of uh, sanitize a little bit of, of what they were doing in that film. And so that was the number one thing. That was a PG-13 film. He's like, we want as many people to go see it. We want whole churches to come and see this thing. So we don't want people to think it's just going to be some you know sort of vomit fest. Now, the movie Unplanned didn't hide anything. I mean, remember I described those two scenes already of uh, suction aspiration abortion and a chemically induced abortion. It was shown in all of its gory, goriness, right? All of its brutality, which I absolutely prefer. I absolutely, absolutely prefer. We'll talk more probably about that here in just a sec. Another thing I want to compare and contrast is, is the focus of the film, okay? Of those two films, rather. So the Gosnell movie, it was focused on Kermit Gosnell. It was focused on a single abortion provider in a single office and the horrific things that he did. But again, remember, Kermit Gosnell is not in jail for the rest of his life because he performed abortions. He's in jail for the rest of his life because according to law in the state of Pennsylvania, he was inducing labor, giving these women were giving live birth to to babies and he was snipping their necks, right? So after they passed the magical vaginal canal, He snipped their necks and it became murder, right? Now, the thousands and thousands of murders he had done prior to the, the, I think, seven that he was convicted of murdering, we don't talk about those. 
right? And so the movie, it's kind of hard because you're glad Kermit Gosnell isn't doing this anymore, but it didn't really demonize abortion in in a uh, intense enough way for, for my taste. Unplanned focuses on the abortion industry and specifically the biggest provider of baby murder in the United States, which is Planned Parenthood. And it, it takes you right behind the curtains. And here's the deal. Planned Parenthood and all the people that have come out saying that this movie's a lie and it's it's taken everything out of context and it's this and it's that. What about all the undercover videos that have been released? Just go to YouTube and type in like Planned Parenthood undercover. I'm sure you can find them. Some of the same things that are depicted in hidden camera videos are the same things that are depicted in this film. So we're not exactly expanding the boundaries of possibility in our brains here. But that's the thing that I really appreciated about the focus of the unplanned film is it didn't just focus on a singular doctor. I think depicted in the film were two separate abortion doctors, but they weren't even main characters. They were just people, right? They were just dudes in scrubs murdering babies. No big deal, right? But it was like Planned Parenthood was the antagonist of the film. The the uh, people that were working with Planned Parenthood, those were the people that we focused on. And I really, really appreciated that. Uh, and the last thing I want to compare and contrast here is basically my feelings um, afterwards. So leaving Gosnell, um, you know, I got upset and emotional and, and angry during that film. But it was basically kind of in one controlled section. It was because I had read the book prior to, and this was whenever they were showing uh, pictures of one of the murdered babies to the jury. Now, in the movie, they didn't even show you the picture, but I had seen the picture before that they were depicting being shown to the jurors in that jury room. And I just remember just being overcome with anger. I just, uh, it was just so unbelievably frustrating. That happened four or five times watching unplanned. And and I can be honest with you. Um, you know, I, I prepared that podcast for God, Gosnell. Gosnell is an incredibly important movie. Um, but I will say I'm still a little bit on tilt right now, recording this podcast hours and hours after I've left the theater, right? It, it's like, it's still affecting me. I, I got other things I got to do today, guys. And I got to go blow off steam and do something today. was supposed to be a rest day, but maybe I'm going to take the dog on a super intense walk or something. Cause I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I'm sitting here like sweating. I'm like so frustrated and fired up. And uh, this movie didn't do that. It didn't induce emotions that aren't there, that aren't real, didn't fabricate anything. It just revealed something to where it's like, I knew this stuff happened, but just in the way that it was depicted, it's affecting me just in a very, very different way than the Gosnell movie did. Again, not saying Gosnell is a bad movie. I think you should support both of these films continuously, even whenever they're both out, um, you know, out of theaters, which Gosnell is right now. When you're buying them on DVD, sharing them with people, these stories do need to be told. But the emotions are very, very, very different between the two. So, guys, as we wrap up here, uh, I want to go over some reasons why I think every modern Christian man should see and support this film. So if you're wondering who I'm talking to, I'm freaking talking to you. So guy who has headphones in right now or is driving down the road, I'm talking to you. Okay. So few things. Number one, we have been desensitized from bloody, the bloody horror of abortion for too long. And so I think that every modern Christian man should watch this film because you can't escape it. I felt like you could watch Gosnell and still kind of escape it. Even though you saw depictions of, of him with bloody gloves, even though you saw the depictions of the baby parts that they found, the feet that he kept in jars, Unplanned does it very, very differently. It's brutal, it's gruesome, and we need to look at it directly in its evil face. Okay. The second reason why I think you guys should see and support this film is that our politicians aren't telling the story appropriately enough. 
the story of abortion. Okay. So obviously people that are on the pro-choice side of the aisle, they're never going to tell it appropriately because it'll basically undercut their voter base. But even on the pro-life side, most people that are on the pro-life side right now, they're basically just saying that they're pro-life. Even if they're not, I'm going to assume that most of them are actually pro-life, but they need that voter base. But they're not really doing anything to affect change on that level, nationally or locally. And if our politicians aren't going to appropriately tell the story when they have the biggest microphones and the biggest audiences to do so, films like this have to take up the slack. And this one certainly does. All right. Another reason why you guys should see and support this film is because most pro-life organizations don't have balls. Literally, most pro-life organizations, they don't go far enough. Right. And, and there are some pro-lifers. And, and one thing about this movie is it did kind of show you a dichotomy between the, the pro-lifers that are holding the Bible and then just like screaming at these women and being absolutely brutal and uncaring and ungraceful. But I think that they did show a lot of people um, from the 40 Days for Life organization that were very, very caring and also very, very upfront about what was happening. But they were trying to care for these women that were working inside the clinics, but also the ones that were going in there to have their babies murdered. Um but most pro-life organizations, they just don't have balls. Like uh, they, they just want to sit there and, you know, they'll, they'll do the, the basic things, but they'll, when they have a chance to speak truth, they, they don't do it or they don't do it with, with any vigor or uh, very fervently. Right. And that leads me to the next reason why you guys need to go and support this is because most of our pastors don't have balls either. Think about this, honestly, Think about the last 12 months that you've been going to your church, right? Or whatever church you've been going to, if you're church shopping or doing whatever you're doing. How many times have you heard your pastor mention abortion? Like, like even just mention it, even in passing. Okay. Now think about the times in the last 12 months that your pastor has done an entire sermon on abortion, much less a sermon series on abortion. Because what I've witnessed and what I've seen, even in the churches that I go to, is it's just kind of a passing fancy. It'll get mentioned as an aside to whatever they try to make to be the larger issue of their their sermon that they're presenting to you at the time. It's just presented as an aside. Have you ever heard your pastor describe a suction aspiration abortion? What about a DNC? What about a, a chemically induced abortion? What about the one where they literally inject salt into the amniotic fluid around the baby, basically burning it alive until they expel it through the woman's vagina? Have you ever heard your pastor talk about that? Basically, go back to episode six of this podcast, re-listen to it, and ask me if you've ever heard your pastor say anything even close to that. I bet you you haven't. Because our pastors are effeminate bastards. Every last one of them. They don't want to talk about this issue. Why? What are they doing? What are they proving? Oh, are they all of a sudden not going to have enough grace if they describe murder as murder? Your pastors are complicit in this. Most of them. They won't talk about it. Why? Why won't they talk about it? The next generation of beautiful Americans is being slaughtered every single day. Every day. And what are they doing? They're sitting up there. They're talking about how you can be a good person and how you can get people to like you more. Our babies are being murdered. And they're just standing up there talking about nothing. Raising their hands during worship for nothing. Enough. I have had it. I have absolutely had it. 
If you're a pastor out there and you don't talk about this, you are worthless. Preach the gospel. Do what you need to do. But you also need to talk about life. This is real life happening right now. All right, the last reason I want to give you guys for why we should see and support this film is that we can't actively fight an enemy that we don't know. Right now, it may seem like part of our enemy is our pastors, and believe me, when I see the pastors that don't talk about this, I'm going to give it to them just as raw as I did just then. But for us, as thinking Christian men, as Christian leaders of our churches, right, as most of us have to end up leading anyway, how can we fight an enemy that we don't exactly know their tactics of evil? We need to know what Planned Parenthood is doing. We need to know exactly what is happening behind these walls. And you're not going to get that from reading a blog for the most part. You're not going to get that from talking to your buddy. I think this movie did a fantastic job, an absolutely fantastic job of giving us a peek behind the curtain. There have been great organizations out there that have gotten us behind the curtain in, you know, revealing that Planned Parenthood is selling baby parts for money, uh, that they're basically trying to make things fit their bottom line. There's been, you know, these forensic researchers that have showed us that they're cooking their books to show that they're not making as much money off of abortion or that it's not an overall uh, big thing or moneymaker for them. But at the same time, we know that those things are true now. But now what? We have to actively fight that enemy. And we need to know their tactics of warfare before we can. No, I'm not calling for violence. No, I'm not advocating that any of you go out there and do violence to anyone that has anything to do with the abortion mill or the abortion industry inside of this United States. But at the same time, we've got to be able to fight and I'm tired of fighting fair. All right, guys, before we let you out of here, we're going to do a quick resilience boost. As we know by now, we are a men's ministry and our mission is cultivating manly resilience. Specifically, we do that by providing content that forges spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. So today, just a couple of things. I've got the unplanned movie website. So you've got the trailer there. You've got all the links to the different um, news things that they've been on. You've got links to resources. You've got links to a devotional. Uh, you've got links to find tickets in your area. All those things are there. And then the second one is just a link to the book on Amazon. So that is the book that was written about Abby Johnson's life. Um, and I think it was released back in 2011, but it was re-released here this month for people just for this film. So guys, thank you. As always, we appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google play and refer your friends to listen and also share this on social media. If you use the hashtag Undaunted life, we'll be sure to find it and give it a thumbs up guys. If we deserve a five-star review, that is exactly how this podcast will continue to grow and where more guys like you can find it. So please leave us a five-star review in a few sentences, letting us know why you like the content. I'm currently booking speaking engagements for the remainder of 2019. So if you want me to come speak on your podcast, to your men's event, to your company, to your team, whatever, hit me up, email info at undaunted.life, info at undaunted.life. Our website is www.undaunted.life and you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at undauntedlife or facebook.com backslash undauntedlife. Check out our free devotionals on the YouVersion Bible app. Just search Undaunted Life under plans. And as always, we want to thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their music library for our content. The intro outro track on this podcast is their song King of Sorrow, which is off their latest record entitled Phantom Anthem. The links to all of this are in the description. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Remember, keep cultivating manly resilience, keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical toughness, keep seeking the Lion of Judah.